We are well into our study of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus explores what it looks like to follow him and to live in God's kingdom here on earth. We've quickly learned that the kingdom Jesus describes is in many ways the opposite of how the world teaches us to live. And so right now, as we are living into this crazy year of 2020, of this holy disturbance of this time in history, it really is a great opportunity to reassess how we are living and to choose what to add back into our lives. To consider, is this how God is calling me to live as a disciple of Jesus? Do my actions and my thoughts reflect God's kingdom here and now? In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is inviting us to join him in this upside-down kingdom of God, into this new way of doing things. But the question remains, will we follow him? When I chose the scriptures for this series back in May, I didn't realize just how appropriate they would be. But God did. Hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure that you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take that speck out of your eye, while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. I was listening to a podcast this past week, and the person that they were interviewing Pastor Scott Sauls says, as Christians, we need to think very carefully and prayerfully about what it means to be countercultural. The best, the most effective way, he says, to be countercultural right now is to simply be kind. Rather than entering into the outrage and the judgment that is so prevalent around us. And that is so true. If you walk outside your house right now, you are under judgmental eyes. Where is your mask? Are you wearing it correctly? How many people are with you? Are you staying physically distant from others? And that's not even broaching the question or the subject of whether or not to send your children back to school in the building next month. We each have our own ideas, our own understandings of what it, we are comfortable with and what's appropriate for our family situation. We have to make the best decisions that we can for the people that we love. The problem comes, though, when we see someone else making a different choice than we would, and the opinions and the judgments immediately begin forming in our minds. I can't believe they would do that. I can't believe they would be so careless. Or why are they being so dramatic? Everything is fine. In a world like this, Pastor Scott is right. The most effective 
thing we can do as Jesus's disciples, as Christians, the most countercultural thing that we can do is to simply be kind. Jesus says, do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment that you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure that you get. Or, as the King James Version says, judge not, lest ye be judged. And when I hear that, I can't help but think of it as um, a Disney witch is saying it. Because it sounds so menacing and threatening. But let me turn what Jesus is saying here into a question. Would you want God to judge you the way that you judge others? And by judge, Jesus means to be critical of or to condemn. Would you want God to be critical of you the way that you are critical of others? Or for my other Enneagram ones out there, would you want God to be critical of you in the same way that you criticize yourself? nitpicking over every error or misstep, assuming that you know the whole movie of someone's life when you only see one screenshot or scene? Or would you prefer that God judges you with care and compassion and forgiveness? This is how God does judge us. And in turn, God wants us to do the same to look lovingly on others and judge them with that same compassion and forgiveness that we have been given by God. This is where that speck and log analogy comes in. It emphasizes how cautious we must be to identify and attempt to remove and change the faults of others. When we attempt to Condemn or, or correct or judge someone else, we must do so first with a heart of humility, being aware of our own failures and shortcomings, ready to forgive and to give grace just as God gives us. But instead of doing that, we tend to think that the log is in someone else's eye, and we just have a little speck. That the problem with the world is really, it's out there. It's not with me. And so we've lost sight of that humility component. But humility is essential to being a person of faith. In that same podcast, Pastor Scott says, we'll either allow ourselves to be discipled by Jesus and humility or cable news and partisan politics. As we go into this political season, because what else do we need in 2020 is a presidential election, but we will either allow ourselves to be discipled by Jesus and humility or cable news and partisan politics. Wow. So the challenge is how do we stay anchored and what is going on in our own lives, and our own selves and hearts and souls, rather than worrying about what someone else is doing in their life. Because we know that we participate in the world. We participate in what is going on in the world. So how can we do our job 
to care for ourselves and then transform the world? How do we acknowledge and chip away at the log in our own eye before attempting to help our neighbor remove the speck from theirs? As a pastor, I am very aware of the way that people assume that I am there to judge them. I am always cautious of telling people what I do because I know that as soon as I admit that I am a pastor, that people act differently, as if I'm going to turn in a report card to God. And so when someone is struggling and comes to me for guidance, first, when I hear what's going on in their life, I acknowledge in myself how I have been tempted or struggled in that same way. And then I share, when this has happened to me, this is what I've learned. And I know that I don't have everything figured out, but I know that I can come alongside someone to be a friend to them, to help them in their time of need. This is what Jesus is calling us to do, and it's something that easy that we are all capable of doing. In the simplest way, it's what Jesus is telling us to do in this Sermon on the Mount here. The rest of the world is treating one another with anger and contempt and judgment. But that doesn't mean that we have to do the same. In fact, we have the power through the Holy Spirit that is within us to do differently, to live boldly in humility and in love and compassion. This is one of the radical teachings of Jesus that has the capability of turning the world right side up. And while it's not always easy, it can be quite simple. David Gardner is one of our newer members here at Brexville UMC, and he shared something on Facebook recently, and it said, let's begin practicing this now. When a friend says that they're sending their kids back to school, respond, wow, I'm so proud of you. I know that wasn't an easy decision to make. When a friend says that they are doing virtual learning this year, wow, I am so proud of you. I know it wasn't an easy decision to make. When a friend says they are homeschooling their kids this year, wow, I am so proud of you. I know it wasn't an easy decision to make. Compassion, support, love, and encouragement. That is what we are called to simply do. Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Let us go and let us live transformed lives in God's love so that this world may be transformed. Glory to God. Amen.